You're listening to the Burn Youth Podcast. We hope this message encourages and challenges you to live for Jesus. Let's get into it. I want to start talking about different ways that people have tried to depict Jesus. I think everybody's curious because there aren't any definitive references for what Jesus would have looked like on earth while he was on earth, in the Bible or otherwise. I think we've all seen the super traditional religious Jesus, uh, anglicized, you know, holy person with a halo and, you know, holding a lamb. Um, I think this, this kind of Jesus abandons historical accuracy and tries to show us the character of Jesus through art as a holy, kind and perfect savior. And I think for us as humans, we, we are biased. We have biases in terms of how we see people. Um, and our biases tend to automatically assign those kinds of characteristics of kindness, of gentleness to perhaps people without any kind of physical blemishes. Uh, in Isaiah 53, 2, it says, My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. Now, you know, some scientists, you know, they, they spend some time trying to reconstruct a, a realistic-looking picture of Jesus based on his genealogy, the time he was alive, and the area that he lived in. And, and the Bible doesn't give us any more clues as to what Jesus may have actually looked like. So I've done some research of my own. Now, throughout his life, Jesus went into the temple many times. He went in to preach, to minister to people, to debate with the Pharisees, to debate with various leaders. And, you know, if Jesus entered the temple, that must mean that Jesus was smaller than the height of a temple. Now, I'll leave future um, theologians to uh, further refine what Jesus may have looked like. Uh, But I guess the whole point is that we have no idea what Jesus may have actually looked like. Uh, But if we want to know him so badly, how can we do that without even knowing what he looks like? You know, you know what your mom looks like, what your dad looks like. You know who the people that you talk to a lot look like. You know, that's for for humans, that's a really important, you know, thing to to know about somebody. Um, But thankfully for us, there are actually pictures of Jesus all throughout the Bible. Uh, and this is the theme that we're talking about in church and in you, the Jesus picture book. And, and when we talk about pictures of Jesus, we're talking about visual metaphors. The, these are similar to the different names of Jesus that we've talked about previously. You know, we talked about Jesus, the good shepherd, the way, the truth and the life, the true vine and many other names. And just like these names there are plenty of um, pictures of Jesus throughout the Bible too, such as the anchor, the cornerstone, the door, the tree of life, you know, among many others. These are all analogies used so that we can learn more about Jesus through each one. And it's really important for us to study and analyze these images of Jesus because each one of these analogies and metaphors are revelations of God's character. And people always ask, you know, who is God? Who's Jesus? I want to know who Jesus is. You know, I can't see him. I can't feel him. I can't touch him. How do I know him? And it's through studying and looking at these statements that we can know him. And today, I want to talk to you about two really important pictures of Jesus, the lion and the lamb. And, you know, I want to start talking about Jesus the lion. And, you know, what do you think of when you think of a lion? What does the lion represent? You know, you may think of power. You may think of 
majesty. You probably think of protection, maybe even aggressive and fierce protection. And throughout the Bible, Jesus is referred to as the Lion of Judah. And in Revelations 5.5, it says, But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He's worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. This imagery reflects these attributes of strength, of power. And in Revelations 19.16, you know, to further kind of like cement this point that Jesus really is, you know, a, a lion, the king of kings. Jesus is referred to as the king of all kings and the lord of all lords. So there's no doubt to us that Jesus truly is king. These scriptures confirm to us that Jesus is fierce in his love and, and worthy to be praised. And we should be assured in this that the mighty king of the universe and the creator of everything loves us so much that he calls us his children. In Psalms 139.14, it says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I think creation around us and you know, even our own, our own human bodies uh, show the handiwork and the power of God. If you want to see... God's power, if you want to witness this power, all you have to do is just look outside, look at the world around you, look at yourself. And, you know, to sum it up, when we take a look at the picture of Jesus the lion, what we're shown is blessing, we're shown majesty, and we're shown divine protection. And, you know, there's a lot of stressful things happening right now. You know, we're in camera, we're in lockdown, you may have, you know, friends or relatives who are close contact. You may have lined up for hours to get tested. Further away from home, you may have heard of the um, situation in Afghanistan with a terrorist group overthrowing the government. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's always stressful things happening, you know, in, in our lives and around us. And I think it's times like this where we need to remember that we need to rely on God's infinite power and protection. You know, we don't... You know, as Christians, it doesn't mean that we're perfect and, you know, everything is the, the ground will form underneath our feet. You know, it's not like that. I wish it was like that. Uh, but what we do know is that God is in control of every situation. God defies the situations that we're in. And that's why we, we need to, it's important to remember Jesus, the lion. Um, yeah, we don't have to attempt to build our lives relying on our own strength. Why, why would we when we have, you know, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead uh, is the same power that's working for us and through us. And yeah, we can live life with joy knowing that God is in control of the situation that we're in, knowing that Jesus' limitless power protects us. Now, you know, we've talked, you know, about Jesus and, you know, his position as a king. And Philippians 2, 6 to 7, it says something really interesting. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and took the humble position of a slave. He was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. While Jesus is fully God, the Lion of Judah and the King of all kings, he emptied himself uh, and took on the form of a servant so he could come down to earth and serve us. And I think this leads to the next, you know, essential complementary picture of Jesus to uh, Jesus the lion, Jesus the lamb. Uh, and in the Bible, the lamb refers to sacrifice. Uh, earlier, we looked at the verse that uh, referred to Jesus as the lion of Judah. 
That was Revelations 5.5. In the next verse, in Revelations 5.6, Jesus is then described as a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. This is, you know, a complete difference to all this kingly and majestic imagery, right? The lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered. And it says in Revelations 5.9, you know, for you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed people for God uh, from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus' sacrifice was for everyone. We see in Jesus the Lamb, the passion of Christ and the love that he showed for us through his sacrifice. Jesus was the perfect and ultimate sacrifice for our sin. Yeah, in 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19, it says, For you know that God has paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was paid in the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And the Word of God is full of references to Jesus, the Lamb of God. Um, you know, drawing back to the pictures I was describing of Jesus at the start, you know, Jesus was a person. Um, he, he was a human. And that means that He really suffered for us. Uh, in Luke twenty-two forty-four, it says, He was in such agony of spirit that His sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. But luckily for us, the story does not end with just that sacrifice. Because if it ended there, we wouldn't have a faith. We wouldn't have anything to worship for. We wouldn't have any reason to praise. We wouldn't have anything. Um, it was Jesus' resurrection after that sacrifice that changed everything. And it was through this resurrection that death was defeated. In Romans 6, 9, it says, We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. So when we think of Jesus the Lamb, we don't just think of sacrifice and suffering and all those things. We also think of victory over death. That is also, that is what Jesus the Lamb means ultimately. And what this tells us, I mean, you know, this is the gospel story. You know, if we want it summed up, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, uh, He gave His only Son, uh, so that whomever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Uh, and what this tells us, what Jesus' sacrifice tells us, is that it tells us of the deep personal and love and connection that Jesus wants to have with us. Jesus is God, the King, you know, the Lion of Judah. But He came down to earth, He suffered a terrible death uh, just for us, you know, for, for to have a connection with us. Um, yeah. And, you know, in Ephesians 2.19, it says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. So we have this choice through the sacrifice of Jesus the Lamb. We are members of God's family. Now, we've talked about, so Jesus the Lion and Jesus the Lamb. We've talked about them separately. You know, we've talked about them, you know, for lack of a better word, in isolation. Uh, but there's something that's really important. Jesus the Lion and the Lamb. It, it's not Jesus the Lion or the Lamb. It's Jesus the Lion and the Lamb. In Revelation 7, 17, it says, For the Lamb of, on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Notice that phrasing, for the Lamb on the throne. We see the imagery of a lion, of kingdom, of authority and power, but attributed to Jesus the Lamb. And again, in Revelations 5.12, it says, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. 
And this really tells us that Jesus is truly the lion and the lamb. And I think sometimes we forget this. I think sometimes we see Jesus in almost a binary, either the almighty God of the universe or, you know, the gentle servant, the sacrifice for our sins. But Jesus is both. He's completely and fully both. You know, if there's one takeaway from this message is that Jesus' almighty power does not compromise on his desire to know and love you personally. Um, and, you know, when you next look at the stars uh, and marvel at the sheer you know, enormousness of God uh, and the amazing power that he commands, do not forget, young person, that that same power loves you individually. Yeah, let's, let's bow our heads and uh, close our eyes and let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, I thank you that you are in control of everything. I thank you that you defy the situation that we're in, that you know what's happening, that you know we can't see the whole picture, but you can. And I thank you that you do all things for good. And I thank you for your strength that we can rely on. And I also thank you for your sacrifice, you know, that we can be in your family. Um, and I pray for all of us. I pray for the youth as we go on with our lives uh, uh, to remember this. Uh, in Lord Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Burn Youth Podcast. To stay in the loop, follow us on Instagram at Burn Youth. See you next time.